Hi, friends. Welcome to Michelle with three L's, where we talk about literature, leadership, and love. I'm your host, Michelle Carlson. Do you watch the Create Channel? Mm-mm. It's a PBS. Uh-uh, yeah. <sighs> Best cooking shows ever. Really? Oh, my God. America's Test Kitchen, Chris Kimball. Okay, I've well, heard of it. not anymore. Not Chris Kimball anymore. Oh. He left. Now he has his own called Milk Street. Okay. Good one as well. Okay. So there's, like, America's Test Kitchen, Cooks Illustrated, that, like, whole group of, uh, like, Test Kitchen-y stuff. It's with, like, Julia now and some other chick. Oh. But great. That's where they talk about kind of the science with yeah. their cooking. Uh-huh. And they'll show the cooking, and then they'll also talk about the science and then do a recap. It's really great. Ooh. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's Milk Street, and then there is um, uh, Chef's Kitchen, and it's, like, this woman who used to be a big chef in New York, and her parents asked her to come back to, I think, South Carolina, okay. Georgia, and open a, like a restaurant there. And so her and her husband run this like fancy restaurant. Well, they literally use all the farmers in the town. Wow. They use only like those farmers like products. Ooh. So she like takes the camera out to like the farms and like shows how these like community, yeah. very rural southern community, yeah, lives, and that's really cool. And then there's another one called Patty's Mexican Kitchen. Okay. She's from Mexico, and she makes the best authentic Mexican food ever. Yeah. Highly recommend Create Channel. Okay. I will check it out. (laughs) Well, tell me about Alyssa. I know her. Yeah. I've met her. She, I actually interviewed her for a volunteer um, opportunity with Girl Scouts mm-hmm. and it didn't work out with her schedule and stuff like that but like I was really impressed with her and we like chatted and had a, a great time getting coffee honestly. That's awesome and that's exactly why I wanted her to be a guest because she is very easy to talk to. She yeah. is a good listener and has a lot of experience to you know throw into a conversation which was really fun and I'm not surprised that it unfortunately didn't work out to volunteer because she is a busy person Um, and I don't use that word lightly but she has a lot going on and um, she's very aware of her time and what she wants to do with it and so that's what we talk about we talk about all the things that she has taken on and so from being a yoga instructor I've taken her class and it's great. She's very aware of music. We talk a little bit about her obsession with creating Spotify playlists. Um, So you'll have to check those out too. We also talk about her job, you know, working with Keep Omaha Beautiful um, and all the great things that she's learned from doing that. Her passion about sustainability and the environment. It was the love. It is. Yes. And talking about how that has her love of the things that she loves has led her down her career path in into other projects um, and what has ultimately led her to accepting a role with the Peace Corps and that she yeah. is on her way to Panama and will be living there for, I believe it's 28 months, uh, oh, working and teaching. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I didn't know they had contracts that long. Mm-hmm. What did it... She hates me. I mean, I we talk a little bit about what her expectations are <laughs> yeah, and about okay. the support system that might be in place for her. So um, I'm really 
excited for people to hear and learn about that. Um, and then she did say that she'd be willing to come back and do another episode when she returns nice. so that we can kind of get hear a little bit about what her ups and downs were of the journey. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm really excited to hear Alyssa yeah, have I a hope, conversation with I hope you. everybody enjoys it. So, all right, here we go. Um, who are you? Who am I? Uh, quite a deep question to start with, <laughs> but I suppose on the surface, um, well, my name is Alyssa Cody. That's always a good place to start. Um, currently, I am a volunteer coordinator and volunteer and communications coordinator full time at Keep Omaha Beautiful, which is a local nonprofit organization. So it's a profession that I love. Um, a lot, but I also work at Pranam Yogashala as a yoga teacher. Um, that's something that I just picked up in the last year, but has really become an important part of my life. Uh, outside of that, I am an obsessive cat mom <laughs> to Penny Lane and Lennon Charlotte. They're my babies. And yeah, I try to be a good friend and a present person to all those that I'm around in the meantime. So I love that. I think that describes you very well. <laughs> Thank you. And then in your the rest of your life, what is your current obsession? So I spend way too much time on Spotify. Ooh. Yes, I am obsessed with music and I always have been. And I think Spotify is just the best creation if I I always say if I could choose one other job that I would be my dream job it would be to be a professional Spotify playlist maker Ooh. <laughs> spend way too much time making playlists for anything I'm going to do whether it's a trip or to like clean my apartment I have to make a playlist first uh -huh. so maybe that's putting things off a little bit too much but it always helps to get things done when you have the perfect soundtrack to do it too i love that i mean i'm a to-do list kind of person mm -hmm. so but that's in that same realm of something <laughs> that gets you ready to accomplish all yes, the things yes absolutely kind of sets the framework for, for you sure. so oh mm -hmm. my gosh i have so many questions um how do you go <laughs> about that is it a mood based type of playlist curation yeah, yeah. um it's a good Good question. So I have these like ongoing playlists and so I have many different kinds. I do, I always do by seasons. Um, I, I tend to m really mark my life by the seasons. I feel like they always, it's always a really good way for me to reflect and, and things always shift along with uh, the seasons of the mm -hmm. year. And so my music tastes tend to, to go along with that. So I have a playlist for each season. Um, as things move and I just start to kind of listen to different uh, different artists or um, Spotify is really great at providing like discover playlists mm -hmm. and things like that. So I start to just kind of drop things in and then I have them for um, before I go to bed or I have my morning songs or my anthems that are like the ones that I love to dance alone to in my room when yeah. I need a little a little pick-me-up so I have a playlist for just about everything and being a yoga teacher definitely hasn't helped with that obsession um, because one for every class yes absolutely <laughs> yeah. so yeah oh how fun mm -hmm. that's a great hobby though and if I could hire you I would hire you 
but since I can't, I will follow you <laughs> on Spotify. I would be happy to make you a personalized playlist, okay. Michelle. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, if you have the time before you head out. There's always time for that. Okay, good. <laughs> um, speaking of, I was just heading out. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? What is this next step of your life journey that you are taking? Yeah, so um, very shortly I will be leaving to move to Panama. I am joining the Peace Corps, so I will be there for a 27-month commitment. Um, And yeah, I'm really just starting to pack up my life, get getting rid of things and all of the mental preparations and goodbyes and things like that that go along with that. So oh, of course, that's yeah. got to definitely have to have a playlist for that. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. It's yeah. called If I Go if anyone wants to oh, check it out. Oh my gosh. Oh, I I'll put that in the liner notes. Yes. <laughs> um, so one of my first questions about that is I was wondering if you could tell me about the process that you went through in deciding to Mm -hmm. apply what was it like to apply and then um to jump ahead to after you got your acceptance and yeah and that roller coaster that that sent you on yeah so uh yeah it's been quite a ride um deciding to to apply uh it's always been a dream of mine to do the peace corps i think since i around the time i was in middle school it just felt like something that i was going to do someday yeah i would hear stories of uh people who seemed really grown up who had who did it and i was always really inspired by the concept of of devoting a part of your life to serving others who you don't maybe initially identify with who aren't in in the group that you grew up around and that maybe you're not told that you're supposed to care about first and foremost. Mm. I really love that idea of embracing strangers as community and um, and yeah, just being of service and what a cool opportunity to do that to get so much time to do it and be supported yeah. in the way that the Peace Corps allows you to. So it was always something that was kind of in the back of my mind um, that I thought I would do after college, but then the end of college came, and of course, nothing that you think is ever going to happen at the end of college actually happens, so and true. something in me just didn't feel quite ready for that kind of commitment at that point in my life. I definitely felt like I needed um, a little bit more direction and assurity around around doing something like the Peace Corps if that's what I was going to be committed to. Mm-hmm. And I take that commitment really seriously and and I wanted to be sure that I had the adequate skills and capacity to serve in the way that I would that I would want to in the best version of myself and I didn't feel like I was really in that place at that time. So I decided to um, pursue a professional career path instead. Um, still t- kind of down the line of what I eventually wanted to do with the Peace Corps. Um, so at Keep Omaha Beautiful, working still in service, very much so, and um, in the realm of environmentalism is is uh, it's an area of passion that really developed for me um, throughout college, and I knew I wanted to continue down that line. So um, it's been really a great experience to work in um, the nonprofit community and in environmentalism over the past almost two and a half years now. I've been able to learn a ton about um, 
about volunteerism and um, community impact and capacity building and all of these things that I really feel now confident in my skill set to be able to transfer to the community that I'm serving in Panama. So I was starting to kind of reach this internal um, clock that I have where Mm. a little kind of spark lights in me where I think, "Mm, I think it's time to go to pursue a new challenge and um, yeah, spread my wings a little bit. And it was a hard decision to make because I'm really happy here. I love my job and I love Omaha more than I ever thought and have a really great community of of friends and and people in my life here. But but those things don't change even when you go. So, True. so I decided to just um, to go for it. And um, I'd been perusing the website for for probably about a year, waiting for a position in a country that felt like it would be a oh, good fit uh-huh. for me. Um, because as some people don't know, that you can apply to go anywhere and do anything that uh, basically the Peace Corps thinks you would be a good fit for, or you can apply for a specific position in a a particular country, um, which felt more authentic to me. So I ended up finding a position to serve in Panama um, as an environmental education volunteer. Um, I definitely knew I wanted to stay in the realm of environmentalism, and there is also a lot of um, youth development as a part of that job as well. That really interests me from my background in launch. Um, and I've done some traveling in Central and South America, studied Spanish throughout college, and really felt drawn to uh, that region of the world to return to and being able to put those language skills to use as well. So it felt like the perfect um, position for me to apply to. So applying was, you know, a ridiculously long resume of everything you've ever done. Um, some pretty brief essay questions. Actually, it wasn't too bad of a process. And then the waiting period, <clears throat> which is <laughs> the hardest part, probably. Yeah. So waited a few months, found out I got um, passed along to do the interview process and references. Um, all of that went really well. And soon after that, found out that I was accepted to, or invited to serve. So um, took me about three hours of consideration to accept, Ooh. even though there was like a little side of trepidation in right. me that was like, is this right? Every other part of me was like, duh, like you can't say no. You, of course, you have to uh-huh. do it. So, yeah. So that was back in July and okay. it's January now. Yep. So it's been about six months of of this kind of almost transitory period in my life where I'm still here but I know I'm leaving um and yeah that's been a really interesting kind of time to work with like being very excited about what's to come and trying to stay really present with where I'm at now um but yeah, now uh, I actually just yesterday finally got all of the information that I need to oh. leave, like packing list, yeah. what to expect, all of those things. Um, the Peace Corps is actually affected by the government shutdown as well. So it's been oh. really challenging to get the information that we need to kind of prepare. Yep. Um, 
but we finally got some of that yesterday so now I have a few weeks to get all of my stuff in a row and yeah, yeah then depart so yeah. um thank you so much for sharing all of that yeah. um this just popped in but do you get to take your cats with you oh my god no oh no it's it's probably the most common question I get yeah. from people <laughs> and yeah it's incredibly heartbreaking yeah. it's probably the hardest part about leaving because you can't really like FaceTime your cats and they can't come visit you yeah. um but no, I think that they would be really upset with me if I moved them from their comfortable, spoiled lives yeah. here to a Very rural community in, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Central America. So they will be staying with um, a very dear friend of mine back home. Um, just until I get back, then I will be taking them back okay. in. But yeah, cool. it's really challenging to leave them. I'm hoping to adopt some fur babies while I'm down there yeah. as well. So yeah. I can still get a little bit of that love. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, gosh. Yeah. That's a tough one. I'll miss them so much. Yeah. 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 Well, I know you said you can't necessarily FaceTime, but you can if your friend yes. is allowed. <laughs> just holds the phone. Yes, I don't think they'll be too interested, right. but oh, I fair. will definitely soak yeah. it up. Try to teach them what it's like now, like call your mom and yes, practice. Yeah. Yes, we'll have to work this on what that. what it's like. <laughs> um, so you had mentioned about that when you were looking at the different uh, roles that were available within the mm-hmm. Peace Corps that you were looking for something that did have to do with the environment and stuff and mm-hmm. because that is one of your passions. Mm-hmm. And how would you say that one developed within you? Yeah, so I have always been um, a very community-conscious person. Ever since I was very little, I was trying to find ways to give back to my neighbors and my friends and always had this kind of element of service to my behavior in general and just caring about people and and all living beings and for me that includes the earth and so that was kind of innate in me but I didn't fully and through high school I did all kinds of things I was like the blood drive coordinator person and I um I like sold a bunch, like thousands and thousands and thousands of bracelets to people in high school to raise money for um, schools in Guatemala. Like I was always kind of doing things like that, but didn't really have kind of a central, um, uh, like a central thing that I cared about that kind of tied it all together. Um, But human rights was always really important to me. And as I learned more about the world and um, and social justice and all of these things that really mattered to me, the kind of core thing that tied that down was the earth. Ultimately, to me, the earth is the one thing that all of us humans here have in common. We're all sharing this home together. And everything else is connected to that. And I always say climate change is a human rights issue. And we're very quick to kind of get stuck in our own like social justice silos and the issues that we care about the most. But I think that they're all connected to each other and and environmental issues are connected to each of those. So when we're addressing one, it's more of a cohesive way of addressing the others as well. So once I kind of made that connection within myself, I really just delved into this passion of the 
of environmentalism and uh, got really involved in college. I went to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, um, where I found a lot of opportunities through the student government to to make a difference on my campus. Um, Me and a couple of other students started something called Earthstock, um, which was a festival all throughout the month of April where we would um, basically celebrate the Earth leading up to Earth Day, which is my favorite holiday, obviously. And and it was a really creative opportunity to try to help other people make this connection to the earth by meeting them where they're at. So mm. f- so finding a way to show that that the earth really is connected to you and you are to it and and how can we kind of meet somewhere in the middle? So we did um music festivals, documentary screenings, um, poetry readings, fashion show, volunteer events, um, bike rides, all of these different kinds of events that Uh were fun and engaging and informative and got people from all different parts of campus and, and even the greater Lincoln community to come together to celebrate the earth in some way and, and make an impact in some way. And, I loved that. Like I spent so much energy pouring it into to those kinds of projects way more than any of my schoolwork. So yeah. so coming out of college, I was like this is the thing that really like lights me up and gets me fired up to to do something. So this is what I have to do for my for my work. Like yeah. if I'm going to spend all day every day or most of most days doing something I knew it needed to be something that really aligned with that passion within me um and so that's where I started working I found a job that I was so thankful to find a job I'm very grateful for that that did align with that and and I continue to also work in different areas of um, community issues in Omaha fortunately we have a really wonderful nonprofit. uh community in this city where it's really easy to get connected and get involved in so many levels so I still love to kind of touch into those other human rights issues but um, the environmentalism is really where it all comes back to home for me very cool yeah Um, what have you loved about working at Keep Omaha Beautiful Ah, so many things but I so I grew up in Kearney and then my whole life and then I went to school in Lincoln and um, and then I moved to Omaha after graduation so I've been here about two and a half years and I feel more at home in Omaha than I have anywhere else I've ever lived and I definitely owe a lot of that to my job because it has allowed me to really see w- what community looks like mm. um, because of the nature of, of what we do and how broad of uh, regions we cover throughout this city. I've been able to work with so many people who I would never normally get the chance to really cross paths with or to connect with. And it has really just opened my eyes to to how much people care here and how much people are doing on a big level with like these really big and innovative, cool, exciting projects and in really quiet individual ways, like people who are going out every week, um, 
walking their neighborhood cleaning up litter that they've been doing for decades and no one knows about it no one's recognizing it but it's their way that they can make an impact maybe they don't have transportation to go somewhere to volunteer but they can walk around the streets of their neighborhood and in the meantime talk to their neighbors and connect with them so it's it's all of those little things and these little stories I've I've learned from working with so many volunteers all throughout the city that have just really inspired me of like, oh, we really are all in this together. Like, like it's really easy to feel divisive these days. But when you get down to the individual and connecting to people one on one, which I've been so fortunate to do with so many people throughout Omaha, it's really heartening to see how much people care about each other and how much we're actually doing. You don't see that on the news, but if you connect face-to-face with one another, it's really out there in a really strong way. Oh, that's fantastic. How have you gone about finding those connections? Was that just part of your job and Yeah, so, yeah, um, because I believe, like I was saying, that the environment really connects us to every other human rights issue, I, I've i made it a big priority in my role to reach out to um, people in all kinds of sectors around the city. Okay. So, um, like, for example, we work with, like, the Heartland Workers Center in South Omaha, where they have a really strong uh, Latino immigrant community that we've been able to connect with. And I tell you what, those people show up in greater numbers to volunteer on a weekend than anyone I've ever seen. Um, And working with neighborhood associations, neighborhood associations are the coolest thing ever. I think they're like the hidden secret that I just want to tell the world about that they exist. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just this group of neighbors in all of these neighborhoods across Omaha who really care and they're working so hard during their time off outside of work to make their neighborhood a better place and when we're when they're working on such a localized level they have such a big impact and it's so cool to see um it's a lot of elderly folks that I would never really probably get the chance to interact with otherwise who know so much about the history of Omaha and about uh, what it took to get us where we are today. So it's it's just connecting with different groups. Um, and I work a lot within um, the refugee community too and have developed a lot of really cool connections there where we might not even s- speak a lot to each other because of huh. language barriers, uh-huh. but we sure say a lot through our nonverbal communication and um and sharing food or whatever it may be. It's just been really special to see the different kind of connections develop in all different facets of this city. So how do you feel that you are living your passion on your individual level as far as the way that you're making an impact on the environment? Oh, yeah. So that's a good question. And um, it's shifting all the time. I think... First of all, something that I have come to realize is that we put a lot of pressure on the individual to make big changes. Big changes. Yeah. And I think it's, it is really important, totally. Um, 
but this this year I'm just realizing how much more we should be focusing on the more institutional and systemic changes that are going to make a big difference. Yeah. Like if you and I are, are making more conscious decisions, that makes a big difference, but it not as much as the city of Omaha as a whole making like a policy change right. that will affect the whole city. So my mindset has shifted on that a little bit. That being said, I still definitely try to to make environmentally conscious choices as much as I can. Um, within my within my means and within being like not too super rigid and hard on myself um i of course do recycling at home and uh waste reduction is number one so always trying to cut down on like i never use plastic bags never bring them to the store um if i'm buying groceries what kinds of things can i buy that aren't coming pre-packaged so to cut down on some of those kinds of materials um i've been vegetarian for like six years but mostly eat vegan usually only try to buy vegan um just to kind of cut down on animal product consumption um as far as everything else, I don't, I've kind of stopped buying clothes the last two years, oh. which um, has, or buying new clothes, I should say. I shop at secondhand stores only, um, or I have a network of really great friends who get together often to do clothing swaps so every once in a while we do things like that and you get a whole new wardrobe Uh and you don't spend any money or contribute to consumerism on that side of things um so it's just been like the daily kind of decisions of like do I really need to do that am I contributing to this system that's ultimately harming the world um, is there another way to go about doing it? Um, I, I try to do um, active transportation, but the city is very car driven. Yes. Um, and I'm thinking of one friend in particular who, if he heard me say that, would be shaking his head at me because <laughs> the city is working really hard on oh, developing really? Oh. more active transportation. So I think that that's something I could do better at. But like I said, trying to be... Um, yeah, a little more like gentle with myself and others and realizing that, yes, we can all always work harder to make very conscious decisions, but we can also be a little kind with ourselves and that we're human and doing a lot of other things in the meantime. So just For trying sure. to do the best we can. I appreciate hearing that. Yes. That's something that I had also been learning too, as far as like my own sustainable journey um, is that we have to figure forgive ourselves when we do make a mistake mm-hmm. but one of the things you had mentioned about um, buying the things that come in um, prepackaged mm-hmm. things that was something I just learned about like oh that's just another simple way to kind of cut back again on yeah. what you're buying yes so. totally there are lots of little things that just take a little bit more like Oh, now that you've noticed that, you'll probably start paying attention to it more. But yeah, I think that, I mean, with everything, there's just a lot of like, you should be doing this and this and this. Like, we're always bombarded with those messages. And I don't want any shame to be involved in anyone's environmental journey. Like, if you are able to make these decisions because it aligns with your lifestyle and it makes you feel really good about the way you're walking in the world, then great. But 
it started to get to the point where like I'd be around friends who would be drinking out of a plastic water bottle and they would apologize to me. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to make my mere like presence cause you shame for what you're doing. If right. you are thirsty, please drink whatever water you have. But then maybe yeah. like I'm sure in the future they'll like think again that they'll use a reusable water bottle. So like yeah, it's all fluid and we're trying, but yeah, as much as you can like try not to try to take the hardness of yourself out of it, I think it becomes a, a much more natural and kind of easy thing to do. So one of the other things that you touched on that you are involved with is that you are a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. And so how did that journey come about for you? Yeah, so I have been, yoga's been in my life since back in when I was in high school. My sister and I would uh, wake up uh, really early and go to these like sunrise yoga classes at a Just for Ladies gym in Kearney. It was like us and it. these older <laughs> women and uh, yeah, we loved it. It was just something that worked really well for us. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of my sister here, but neither of us have any like hand-eye coordination or like competitiveness. Ah. So we've been active people, but not in the realm of sports. So running was one thing, but then yoga was something that was just kind of, it was like, oh, this, this feels good in my yeah. body to yeah. do. So it kind of started there and then would be in and out over time. Like it was never a consistent thing. Um, throughout college, I would kind of do it on my own when I could, practice with some videos, but you're so busy that developing a practice like that is really challenging. Um, but turns out that's probably when I needed it the most. Because, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, then coming out of college when I graduated was a really stressful time for me. I had, uh, I was dealing with quite a bit of anxiety and, um, internalized anxiety so I wasn't like expressing it outwardly but I just had all these like things I was feeling inside of my body that didn't feel good and I didn't know what to do with all of it and so um when I moved to Omaha I was like okay something has to change so I'm going to like be really disciplined with myself and developing something that works for me yeah. it didn't have to be yoga it could be it could have been something else but that's what that's what felt right for me in that moment. So I started this like, uh, it was like a 90 day YouTube challenge where it's just like, oh, um, and it was great. I mean, it was like 30 minute videos. So it was accessible for me to do every day. And it really helped me develop the habit to just, to just do it. Like uh -huh. you, it doesn't matter what time of day or where you're at. Uh -huh. Like it provided a framework that made it work for me. Um, but then being new to Omaha, I also felt that need for community. I hadn't quite started my job yet, didn't know a lot of people here. So um, I tried all of these different yoga studios all around town, and all of them are beautiful and great, but didn't necessarily feel like the right fit to me. Yeah. Um, until I walked into Pranam Yoga, which is uh, the studio that I go to now, um, something right away felt like I was kind of like coming home when I walked through the doors, even if that sounds a little cheesy. I love um, it. It's a donation-based studio, so that helps too, because since I wasn't really working or was maybe just starting my job at that point, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on yoga. A lot of us don't. Uh -huh. And so I loved that model that was set up to be really accessible for anyone to come and practice. 
the motto there is come as you are pay what you can and I just really felt like that aligned with where I was at in that moment and still am today um so I started practicing there and the first thing that was really evident to me was that people it wasn't just a like you come to class and then you leave People were talking to each other. They knew each other's names. uh They would kind of hang out in the lobby area after class, um, introduce themselves to me when I was like kind of shy and new. And um, yeah, before I knew it, I I had a community there. And um, a couple months later, uh, really connected with the studio owner there. And she was kind enough to offer me a scholarship to participate in their uh, yoga teacher training awesome. program, um, which uh, totally shifted everything in my life. Um, going through that, and once I completed that training, I started teaching at Pranam at about the same time that I started um, the 300-hour training there. So I actually have my last one this weekend, and I'll be 500-hour certified now, wow, which is congratulations. Really, really exciting to kind of see the full evolution of that. But yeah, I mean, yoga has been such a healing thing in my life to help me learn like, oh, my breath is there and it's there to help me, not just in class, but actually all the time. And this body is something that you can make friends with. The thing that you're walking around with all the time, like it's okay to like find a home within it. And all of these other things that have just been so helpful for me to live my life by off the mat. And so it was really important for me to um, to share that with others through teaching and, um, teaching is such a humble thing for me because it's a constant exchange between you and your students. And I definitely receive way more energy and lessons and everything teaching than any of my students do. So it's been really a gift to be able to jump into over the last year. Um, and yeah, it's taught me a ton. It's helped me to find my voice too. Mm. I, like I said, I was kind of had this identity of being shy for a while. I was always like the quiet kid in elementary school that no one could ever hear uh-huh. speaking in class. And so then to get up or to hold like a space in a room full of people for an hour and a half teaching a class was yeah. really a huge step for me. And it helped me realize like oh this voice has always been there and it Uh has some things to say and it it can say (laughs) say the things and communicate and and maybe teach some some important things along the way so that's fantastic because just the way that like when I've taken yoga um reminding myself what my body can do Mm -hmm. you were reminded what your voice can do through your body yes I love that has so many lessons for us along the way it really does yeah some subtle some not so much (laughs) for sure so how do you plan on carrying either those lessons or the practice of yoga itself to Panama yeah I mean it's it's the reason that I think I can do something like Panama um is that it? you're putting yourself into a whole new situation where everything you know is, is gone mm. and you have to adapt. And that's a lot easier to do when you're coming from a very like grounded and centered place within. It's like right. 
what I have here in Omaha and the safety of like my community and everything, I can still carry that within me when I'm in Panama in a whole new country, culture, language, community. Um, I, I have a lot of trust in myself that like I can still carry that that peace and adaptability and, and kind of clarity into whatever situations I get into there. Um, and and that's I would say that comes back to my meditation practice a lot mm. too, um, which which is super important to me. Um, but yeah, just being able to like be really mindful of myself and watch like observe being going into the role of like the witness of myself as I'm moving through these new situations and watching how I respond to stress or any kind of excitement. I think it'll just be probably the most important skill set I could Mm. carry into the Peace Corps with me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you know if uh, any of the other people that will be in your class that are going with you that you're going to be able to... Yeah, I don't know anyone. Um, So there will be about 50 of us who will be in the same departure group leaving at the same time. And then I think there are somewhere around like 10 or so other environmental volunteers that I'll be working with. Right now we're on a Facebook group together, so we've all done like kind of quick e-introductions, I guess, Um, but haven't really gotten to know each other outside of that. I'm uh, a couple of other people from around the Midwest, but not many, no one else from Nebraska. So there'll be a lot of new faces, but I'm so excited for that that part where you just like kind of you can already sense the camaraderie before it's even there you know and it's like you depend on people in those situations that part stays consistent yeah well you're going into that with these other group this group of people that already have a similar goal or a passion Mm -hmm. in mind whether that is the sustainability and environmentalism or that it's service in general that you guys are all uh, signed up for a reason and and that's a really beautiful way to just start connecting right there. What really drew you to this too? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. We already have that that one shared commonality, and obviously, it's strong enough in all of us to drop everything and right move to another country. So yeah. I think that that'll be a pretty good foundation to go Very off nice. of. Yes, yeah. and hopefully a good support system then absolutely. for when uh, the the days might get hard or the the culture shock and stuff that might happen when you get there. And that yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to being open to forming those relationships and relying on other people and also doing the same for them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I know that you are a journaler, but Mm -hmm. do you have any other way that you're in mind to document your journey? Um, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, writing is the biggest thing for me. So I definitely will always keep my personal, um, my personal journal, but I'm hoping to keep a blog while I'm there. I did that while I studied abroad and, it was a really cool way for me to be able to stay in touch with people at home and share my experience um, it, through through my own lens mm. and uh, and yeah and I process so much through that that writing process as well so uh, definitely plan on doing a blog um, I'm toying with the idea of uh, taking a camera with me because. Oh, uh-huh. 
I really, um, I love photos and being able to like capture that visual piece. I am not a photographer, nor do I have any background in that. So I don't know if it's the smartest idea, but we'll see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of still playing with the idea of that, but I'll have a phone regardless. iPhone cameras do great. So I'll definitely be taking lots of pictures. Yeah. 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 Um, not being a photographer either, but one thing I've learned from you about journaling is that it is what it needs to be as it's coming out of you. Mm-hmm. And so in my like bounce being back to you mm-hmm. for photography, the picture is a picture that needed to happen in that moment. Totally. Kind of so, totally. You're yeah, so right even about if that. It's like, oh, it's blurry. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like artsy or professional <laughs> exactly. to make it yes. worth it. Yeah. Yes. Thank Especially, you for that. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, and so with that, um, I've, we've come, I think, to my final question, which is what advice do you have for our lovely listeners? And that could be with regards to literally anything. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's a great question. Advice. I'll share um, a piece of advice that I received, if that's okay, that has been um, super important to me over the past year. Um, My teacher recently told me, and I'm sure that she heard it from someone, but what's left untended gets worse. And I think that is so key. Um, I think we come from a culture that loves avoidance Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's made all the more easier from having a device in our hands 24-7 that is the perfect distraction. And so to me, it's, it's saying that thing that you don't want to deal with within a relationship or that thing that you don't really want to look at within yourself or that pattern or whatever it may be, if it's left untended, it's just going to get worse. It's going to keep growing. It's like a garden. Uh Like if there are weeds growing in a garden, you can't just be like, ah, I'm going to pretend those weeds don't exist because they're going to keep growing until they take over your whole garden and might kill the beautiful flowers Uh or whatever you're growing. And so, so it's that concept of, yeah, it might not be pretty or fun to tend to some of those things, but oh, it's going to be a lot clearer when right. you do. So, yeah, I think that that is something that has applied to a lot of places within my life and has been super helpful for me and maybe will be for anyone else listening. I think so, too. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Alyssa. This was really lovely. And I'm so glad I got to chat with you before you head out, if you're willing, in 29 months. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you're back in town, maybe we'll we'll do a recap. Yeah. Yes. You can share with us what you your favorite memories and what you learned most and that kind of thing. I would love to. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun experience. And yeah, just getting to connect with you is really special. So thank you. Thank you so much to my guest and thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed and learned something new. This episode of Michelle with three L's was recorded in the Whisper Room, located at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. Music by Kevin McLeod. And special thanks to Drew for all his help in connecting our audio system equipment. And my sincerest gratitude to Laura for being the best producer and friend this entrepreneur podcaster could ask for. And remember, Go love, lead, and read, my friends.